0: Right, so today we're going to continue in our uh, series from in four, and we're continuing through Hebrews, and we're in chapter four right now, continuing with uh, this idea of praying from our from the truth in His presence for intimacy, and so we're going to dive into uh, Hebrews chapter four at the end of chapter four, and we're going to talk this morning about Jesus being our great high priest and what that looks like and how that looks compared to how it used to look. Because the writer of Hebrews is always comparing Jesus to what came before him. And so we're going to look at that for a moment. But before we get into that, I just want to say a couple words about our perspective this morning. You know, I shared with them, shared with you guys a little bit last week um, about this idea of perspective and and keeping perspective in our lives, especially in this moment right now where we find ourselves in this epoch of time in this pandemic where we're called to do some of these things and we're asked to do some of these things that are so um, unfamiliar to us. But I, I want to bring some sense of perspective that, you know, when we read truth, when we read scripture, when we think about the Father, when we think about our lives, that we should always be thinking about it in terms of this reality that he just wants to be with us, that his desire is to have relationship with us, his desire is to have intimacy with us, his desire is for us to come into his presence and experience his presence at every moment. And it's so applicable today because the the priesthood of Jesus is what enables that to happen. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. But it is so important because his desire for us, you guys, his desire is for us to become more like him, to be transformed into His image and to become more like Him so that we can make Him known. Because if we know Him, if we know Him, then we can make Him known. And I was just praying in this place this morning for the church. I was praying in this place um, of just interceding for the church and interceding for us um, in this moment in time, um, where we stand right now. And I was praying in specific for our response and how, who we are is the church and how we're going to respond in this moment in time as the church. And the father kind of spoke to me and said, you need to be alone with me. And I wanna remind you as well as myself that it is so crucial to go and be alone with him in those secret places. And it's so important to do that because it's in those places that he reminds us why he's living in us. When we we go into those places with him, when we spend that time alone with him, it's a time for him to remind us of why he's living in us. And I felt the Lord so strongly speak to me yesterday. He said, never let the gospel be boring to you. Never let the blood of my son become boring to you. Never waver from your attention on the gospel. Never be distracted by your circumstances away from his work. Never become bored with the gospel and the good news that he's brought. Never become complacent with what you've been given. Always be thinking in terms of the gospel in everything that we do in our lives, no matter what happens. Let it always be the focus. So this morning, let's head into Hebrews chapter 4. Um, verse 14 through 16. I'm going to read the whole thing and then I'm going to read three parts uh, in succession as we hit each one. But I'm going to read the whole thing through here and then we're going to take each part uh, separately. Okay, so Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14, this is what it says. It says, Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weakness, but has been tempted in every way we have, yet without sin. Let us then, with confidence, draw close to the throne of grace so that we can receive mercy And grace in our time of need. And so this morning I want to look at those three um, different verses separately. But what the Hebrew, what the writer of Hebrews is trying to do is he's he's establishing this idea that now Jesus is our great high priest. And and when Jesus came as our great high priest, he was doing something, he was exchanging old for new. He was exchanging old for new when he came as our great high priest. He was exchanging an old way for a new way. Now, when we think about this idea of priest, we think of this idea, we think of a person who basically is a mediator, right, between God and man, who set apart For the service to God in worship, in prayer, in sacrifice, but also offers pardons and blessings and deliverance to worshipers um, before the throne, or uh, I would say on behalf of us to God. So, Jesus becomes our great high priest when he comes to the earth. His ministry becomes our great... He becomes our great high priest when he comes to the earth. And through his work, he becomes that great high priest. And the writer of Hebrews is trying to compare now his priesthood, his the idea of him being a great high priest, and comparing that to the great high priest that was set up in the Old Testament. So if we look back in the Old Testament... The wonderful thing about Hebrews is that it draws such great comparisons, and it actually brings a lot of um, it. It brings a lot of um, truth from the Old Testament into the New. I mean, it is truth, but what it does is it makes connections between the Old Testament and the New Testament. What Hebrews does is it it shows us how important the Old Testament was to understand who Jesus is. Jesus is fully revealed if we fully know what it is about how the Israelites worshipped in the Old Testament. So the writer of Hebrews is trying to make a comparison. He's saying, we have a great high priest that can do all of these things and that has done all of these things. But there are also great high priests in the Old Testament when when God had had, um, set up this system of worship for his people because he was holy. And so I want to look at three things that the priests did that Jesus does better. Because Jesus came and ushered in a new way. See, the old way was restricted access to God. The old way was restricted. The new way is full access. Full access into his presence. So we're going to look at a, little, at a couple of things that the priests did. And we're going to look at that, and then we're going to look at what Jesus did and why it's better. Because that is the whole point of of the writer of Hebrews comparing the two. So if we go to Leviticus chapter 16, um, I'm going to go to uh, the Day of Atonement. And so the Day of Atonement, if you read it, God had set up this one day for the high priest, which was Aaron at the time, to come in to the most holy place. And so the first thing that we're going to look at that a priest does is he enters into the very presence of the Father. That's the first thing we're going to look at. It's going to be his entrance into the presence of the Father. So. In Leviticus chapter 16, God lays out this this plan, this, this way, this process of worship for him on this one day. And he tells Moses to tell Aaron to come into this place, to come into the most holy place once a year, once a year. To worship me and to offer a sacrifice for the atonement of the sin of Israel, and so if you understand a little bit, we can paint a picture here for a moment of that place. So you have the tabernacle, or you have the the, the um you have the court of the tabernacle. So everything is set up, and there's an outside court, and the regular priests are doing uh, their daily uh, service and offering and sacrifice. To the Lord as a as a form of worship, and then you have what we would call the tent, and the tent was basically set up in two different two different spaces. There was a holy place, and in that holy place, there there was uh, the table of His presence, there um, was the altar of incense, and there was the lampstand. And then you would move in from that place into the most holy place, and that was um, separated by a veil. Right. And God says once a year, you can allow the great high priest, which was Moses at the time, to move not just from the holy place where he would do his his normal daily uh, ritual, you know, services as worship to the Lord. But that one time a year, you can enter into that most holy place place in my presence and you can do it in order to offer sacrifices and atonement for sin for the for the people of Israel for the year. And here's the the craziest thing about it is that in Hebrews chapter 4, the writer says this. He says that Jesus passed through the heavens. He passed through the heavens. See, the old way, Aaron could only pass through the veil. He passed through the veil once a year into the most holy place, which was God's earthly dwelling, which was the father's earthly dwelling. And, and he was restricted access into that place to once a year. And it was temporary. Once he did what he did, he had to leave. But here's the amazing thing about Jesus is that when he comes to the earth, his work is so much greater he becomes the great high priest now. He becomes the great high priest. And what happens is, is that he, not, he does not enter into the holy place, an earthly dwelling. He does not enter through a veil. He enters, what the writer of Hebrews says, is through the heavens. He literally enters into the presence of the Father in the heavenlies. And he does it, not temporarily, but now he lives there continually. And he brings himself as the sacrifice for the atonement of us and our sin. So old way, restricted access, Aaron comes in once a year, offers atonement, and then has to leave. New way, Jesus comes full access into the Father, into the heavenlies, and offering a continual sacrifice for us on our behalf. Secondly is this. So the high priest could enter in to that place. But also what he did on that day was he made intercession for the people of Israel. So if you look at that second part in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, um, I won't go to it, but if you look at that second part, what, he, what the writer is saying here is, is <clears throat> uh, for we do not have a great high priest who, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but someone who was tempted just as we were, yet without sin. So what the writer of Hebrews is saying is is that Jesus can understand, he can understand every feeling that we have. He can understand every every situation that we're in. He can understand um, everything that lives in us that we struggle with. But what he's also saying is, is that he's actually interceding for us in that place. For we do not have a great high priest who doesn't sympathize with our weaknesses. He does. And he's interceding for us with that understanding. See, the, the, the great high priest in the Old Testament, under the old way, restricted access, could only, only intercede for the sins of Israel once a year. And it was through this thing they called a scapegoat. And that's where we get the term. So after he enters into the holy place, the most holy place, and offers the sacrifice, what he does is he takes a goat and he would actually put his hand on the head of the goat and he would confess the sin of Israel on the goat, and then they would release the goat into the wilderness never to return. And so it was a symbol, it was it was a it was this idea that that God was was separating Israel from their sin because he's so holy. And he had to do that in order for him to dwell with his people, because he was just so, he's just so holy. And so they would they would pray and lay their hands on this goat and they would send it into the wilderness. And it would be uh, uh, this idea of being separated. Now the sin was taken away, but it would have to happen every single year. Old way, restricted access, new way, full access. Jesus now in the heavenlies, he's gone there. Now he is continually, continually interceding for us. In Romans 8.34, Paul said that not only did Jesus die, but he was raised. And now he sits at the right hand, interceding for us, even right now. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, the writer says that, He is able, Jesus is able to save those who would draw near to God through his presence because he lives to intercede for his people. Full access, new way. Jesus is in that place right now. He's offered himself as that sacrifice and now he lives in that place. He lives in that place with the Father continually. In the heavenlies, interceding for us, and he's the best way to do it. He's the one that can do it the best. Why? Because he was fully human. When he came to the earth, he was fully human. He fully understood everything that we deal with. If you look at his life, he experienced moments of loneliness. He experienced moments of despair. He experienced moments of betrayal. And and maybe that's a that's something that we're dealing with right now in this moment in time. Maybe we're feeling lonely. Maybe we're feeling a sense of despair. Maybe we're feeling a sense of isolation. Maybe we're even sensing a, a feeling of betrayal because maybe there were friends and people that were in our lives before everything happened. And now that, now that our circumstances have changed, we see those people maybe not reaching out to us. And, and people that we thought we could count on, maybe we, we can't count on right now and it's, and it's disappointing to us. And we deal with that, with those struggles and those feelings and those emotions. But here's the amazing thing. As Jesus is our intercessor, that he's constantly, continually interceding for us before the throne. He knows that. He sees that. He feels that. Because he's completely human and God at the same time. So the priest enters... On our behalf, and he intercedes for us. The high priest would enter on behalf of Israel once a year, old way, and make atonement for their sin. Jesus now does it in a new way, continually before the presence of the Father in heaven, right now, passing through heaven. Not only that, the high priest would intercede for the for the sins of, of, of Israel once a year through that through that concept of, of the scapegoat. And now through the new way, the full way, the full access, now Jesus does that continually all the time for us, being able to completely sympathize with our weaknesses. So we get those two things. And then the final thing is this, is that this is different than anything else. So the final thing is this, our entrance. And this is the best part, our entrance. So let's go into the old way. Okay, let's go back to Leviticus 16 for a moment. Aaron says, Aaron goes into that holy place on behalf of his people. The people of Israel could never enter into that place. Even the priests could never enter into that place. It was for Aaron alone once a year restricted access, old way. The people of God could never enter in to the very presence of the Father, the very presence of their Creator. Old way, restricted. When Aaron had to enter that place, he could only do it at a specific time that God had had set up, and he could only do it with the blood of a sacrificed animal, a bull and a ram. He couldn't just come in there whenever he wanted, and he couldn't just come in there with nothing. He had to come in there with something, with a sacrifice. Old way. Restricted. What does the new way look like? What does full access look like now that Jesus is our high priest? What does that look like? Well, this is what it looks like. We can now enter because he has passed through the heavens, right? And he sits there continually offering up his life as a sacrifice of atonement for us and interceding for us. Now, because of that work, now we actually can enter the holy place, the most holy place with the Father anytime we want. That it's completely full access to him anytime, at any point, anytime in our day. We can literally come into the presence of the Father and experience who He is and His love. Jesus becomes an usher for us, He literally ushers us into the presence of the Father through His work. That's why I said this before earlier, that it is so important to never be bored with the gospel. It is, never, it is so important to never live in a place where we become bored with the work of Christ, where we, become, where we become bored with the blood and what it did, because His blood, His work, His sacrifice actually is the way for us to enter into the presence of the Father at any point in time, because it's the new way. It's full access. It's never restricted. Paul says this in 1 Colossians chapter uh, 1, sorry, Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 to 23. He says this, he said, you were once, we were once alienated. We were once hostile. We were once living in evil deeds. And you may think to yourself, well, I don't consider myself evil. But what we have to understand is this, is that, if God and His Holiness, if the Father and His Holiness is our standard, then really all when, when when Paul talks about being hostile and being alienated and 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 um you know participating in evil deeds, all he's saying is this is that we once live a life that was self-centered. We once lived a life that was centered around us. We once lived a life that was completely centered around who we are and what we needed and our will and our desire. That's who we were. He said, you were once alienated and hostile to God because you just thought of you. Like our lives became about us. But when we put our faith in Jesus, Jesus said, first thing you got to do is deny yourself. And so if we live in that place of, of, of denying ourselves, we no longer are hostile, but we are reconciled to him. And Paul says that we are reconciled to him and we draw near to him. Through the presence of Jesus, because he constantly lives to intercede for us. And he presents us this is the amazing part that if we know Jesus, that Part of Jesus's responsibility, part of what he does is that he literally presents us as holy and blameless and above reproach. That's what Paul says. Holy and blameless and above reproach before the Father in the presence of the Father. That's why we can actually enter into his presence because now the Father through the work of of the blood and the cross sees us as completely holy and blameless and above reproach. That's the only way we can come in. That's the only way. That's why that's why the Israelites could never go into the holiest of the, of the holy. That's why they could never go into the most holy place. That's why it was only designated for Aaron once a year, because God is so holy. But because of the sacrifice of Jesus, because of his blood, because of the fact that he's the great high priest, now he presents us to the Father as holy and blameless and above reproach. Amazing passage. Paul just nails it. That's how we come into his presence. That's how we have full access. That is Jesus' new way through his work on the cross and the blood of his sacrifice. It's so powerful, you guys. Here's the final thing I just wanted to share with you guys is that restricted access, the old way, restricted access was required to preserve life. If you, if you read Leviticus chapter 16, this is what he says to, to Moses to tell Aaron. He says, Tell Aaron, your brother, not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil before the mercy seat that is on the ark so that what? He may not die. So old way, restricted access was required for the protection of life. But the new way, full access, is required for the giving of life. In other words, if we are not in that place with him, if we are not In his presence, if we are not alone with him, if we are not experiencing that, if we don't understand that we have full access, then we forfeit life. That life is actually given through presence, not just um, protected. And that's the big difference. Old way, new way. And so Here's the most amazing thing about that, is if we go back to Hebrews chapter 4, right, and that last part... This is is the result of Jesus's work as high priest. He says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of of need. So now we can actually draw, we can actually come boldly into the presence of the Father. We can come boldly into his presence to the throne of grace because now it's all about grace. Old way was judgment. That's why Aaron could never enter whenever he wanted. New way is grace. New way is grace. The new way, full access, is grace. We can approach the throne of grace so we can receive mercy and experience grace in, his, in this time of need. And that couldn't be more relevant than today right now. Let me just say something to you guys, church, just for a moment. Grace must rule our thoughts and emanate from our lips in this moment that we find ourselves in. In this circumstance, grace must rule our minds and emanate from our lips in this place right now. The world is watching our response in this moment of time. The world is watching how we as the church are going to respond in this moment. Our friends who don't know him are going to watch how we respond in this moment in time. And let me say something. If if the world sees us, if the world's understanding of us is a people without hope, without certainty, without peace, if they look at their lives and sense that they have a greater understanding of certainty and hope and peace in their lives in this moment than we do, then we have a problem. We won't be attractive as the church to those around us. They will not want the life that we have been given. So if we are going to be effective and attractive to the world, our sense of hope, certainty, peace must be greater than the world's. And if it isn't, then we won't be attractive to them. Everything about what we do, every thought has gotta be seasoned with grace. Everything that emanates from our lips has got to come from a place of grace. Why? Because it is only by grace that we have been granted full access into his presence, and it's only by grace that we can actually approach the throne of grace to experience his presence in this moment in which we live. So how do we pray from that? Three things, and here they are. Entering, interceding, and ushering. We pray from these truths that Jesus has entered into that place before the Father on our behalf and he lives there on our behalf offering that sacrifice for us and now he's interceding for us and he's also ushering us into that same presence so he's in the in his presence he's interceding for us in his presence but not only that he ushers us into his presence why because he presents us as holy and blameless and above reproach so amazing live there, church. We need to live there. So let's pray into that. Father, thank you so much that you have given your son full access into your presence. Thank you that he now is the one who has offered up himself for us, and that he now lives there and intercedes on our behalf because he understands every weakness. And not only that, Father, he understands every weakness and he's interceding for us because he knows how we're feeling. He understands isolation. He understands despair. He understands loneliness. And because he was fully human, that gives him every ability to to understand where we are. And not only that, pray effectively and interceding for us on our behalf in your presence. And thank you, Father God, that your son now ushers us into your presence, Lord, and that there is full access into your presence, Lord, that there's nothing inhibiting us, Lord, that there's no restriction to your access that is completely full and it's available every single moment. God, that you you once determined that your access had to be restricted because of your holiness, but now through your son, the full access is available to us because of what he did, and now you see us as holy, blameless, and above reproach. Thank you, God, for that. Thank you that every time I come into your presence, that's how you see me, because you love me, and you love your church. We thank you, God, for what you've done, and who you are, and your son, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us this morning. Uh, We just hope you have a great day. We hope you have a great week. Uh, Just a reminder, obviously, to head over to our eFam page and uh, post those videos, post uh, those different posts, write a post, you know, submit a video post, um, nominating a mom in the church so that they can be entered into that giveaway. And uh, we will see you next Sunday. Join us in some of our groups this week. Uh, Stay connected with each other um, and stay grounded in his truth. Get alone with him so that he can remind you of why he lives in you. So thank you so much, guys. Great to have you this morning. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.